right, we're going to call your attention this morning to the book of Genesis. We're going to read just one verse, and uh, then we have uh, several others that we will probably go to. But right now, we're going to read one verse, Genesis Praise 3 and 9. Hallelujah. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? Amen. And I want to just use that scripture this morning as we go into uh, our thought and uh, the title of my thought this morning is they have it there on over the cliffs got it he showed me there it, it is there it's in hiding there it is the question where amen where are you mm. amen. where are you I'm going to ask uh, if you would join with me. I'm going to ask Brother McCune if he would just uh, lead us in prayer one more time. And, and I don't think there's more any more relevant question this morning right. to us as an individual and to the church in general. We need to really answer that question right. openly right. and honestly this morning. Right. Because... God is the one that is doing the asking. Come on. Yes. And so, Brother McKeown, would you be so kind as to lead us in prayer? So Lord and Savior, we come to you today with thanksgiving and praise for your goodness and mercies. Lord, that we are able to be here, that you give us strength and guidance. And most of all, we thank you, Lord, for your word of salvation that we can know the way to walk with you. We ask now that you anoint your word. Let your blessings be upon your minister to speak to us that we might be guided to walk in your ways day by day for we are in times of great troubles and needs and we ask for your guidance, God, that we can walk with you through these things. Be with us today in your name, Jack. Praise God. You know, that's a, a question that... Uh, that always, I think, uh, as a as a pastor, that that question is always always right there in the forefront of my mind and my heart. Anytime that we do assemble together, and I look out and I see some folks that, at least in my own thinking. I think they should be here, but for whatever reasons, they're not here. And uh, of course, I believe that uh, as responsible apostolics, that we, uh, you know, that we understand that uh, there are legitimate reasons for us missing. But from the pastor's perspective, I just want to know, you know, what's more important than being in the house of God? All right. mm -hmm. And I know that uh, that's not always necessarily right because jobs and health issues and things like that. But I think you understand where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. And it's been said there's never a dumb question, only a dumb answer. <laughs> and 
uh, one of my friends posted on Facebook the other day, and they said, you know, I'm 67, and uh, there are still some questions that I have not found the answer to. And I took just a, a small portion of that, and uh, I'll read it to you. They said, why is abbreviated such a long word? <laughs> and why does the alphabet and twinkle, twinkle little star have the same tune? And the other part of that was, why did you just try to sing those two songs? <laughs> and who let the domes out? Sir Isaac Newton, who untold millions and millions of people, and, and uh, his question did actually come from his experience of continually watching apples fall from a tree right outside uh, where he lived. But millions of people saw apples fall all the time, but he was the only one to ask the question why. And then there's a very famous song. I'm not going to tell you who wrote it, but I'll tell you the date. A song was written in 1970, and it was actually called Question. And the author, the composer of the song, some of the words to the song were, why do we never get an answer when we are knocking at the door with a thousand million questions about hate, death, and war? And I think an appropriate answer to that particular question would be, whose door are you knocking on for your answer? Because I am convinced that we don't have all of the answers to all the questions, but I do believe that all of the answers that we need to be answered, all the questions we need oh, to be answered, right. you're going to find them right Amen, here. amen, that's amen. Right. There are some things that we will never know, we'll never understand Correct. until we get to a place where we can have that. I think it was Brother Kelly talking about... Uh, you know, sitting down and talking to the author or whoever, but some things we'll never know. Mm -hmm. All right. But interesting, the very first question in the Bible was not asked by God. The first question in the Bible was asked by the adversary. And that first question was, did God really say that? And I that's a that's a very that's a really important area because the adversary hasn't changed. He is still that is really that is his number one weapon. Right. is try to persuade you and me and put a little seed of doubt. Come on. Did God really say that? 
Do you really believe that? So that really, that's the first question in the Bible. Did God really say that? But the question that we read this morning, in fact, we're gonna we're gonna look at at uh, a couple of different questions. Two of them were asked of God: "Where are you?" And I'm gonna paraphrase here, but why are you doing what you are doing? And then two of them that were asked of men. One man in particular, and they're very, very important. Who art thou, Lord? And what would you have me to do? Mm. This little photo here, I took, I think it was Friday or Saturday. And uh, I was on, I was engaged in my Enoch principle. Okay? If you're been a part of this church for any length of time, you know what that is. But so here, as I as I took this photo and I was going uh, and I was involved in my devotions, and I thought, if God were to ask me that question right then and there, where are you, son? Here's my answer, Lord. I'm in Kennewick on my early morning prayer walk. I'm calling out on your name, Lord. I am trying to find an ongoing direction in my life. <clears throat> Why are you here? Well, Lord, I believe that you orchestrated my move here in 1967 after the death of my father so I could be drawn out of my place of hiding of anger and despair I believe this happened so that you could save me Lord I'm still here in Kennewick because I believe this is where you have called me to serve you my family is here my home is here. And I believe you called me to preach this gospel and have called me to pastor in this place. My church family is here. And I believe this is still the place you want me to be. And it is a very good place, I believe, that I am. All right. Amen. And to you, of course, that's my answer to that particular question. But each and every one of us here this morning, you, I, I think that question is so relevant, no matter what day, no matter what age you're in, no matter where you are as an individual or as a family, father, son, husband, wife, whatever it is, that question is always something that needs to be answered, I believe, every morning 
And every night that we wake up and before we go to sleep. Because I believe that God is absolute. He is wanting you and me to be fully engaged in our walk with Him. Amen, amen. And because He is who He is, and we sing about because He is who He is, yes. you understand, is it? He has the God-given right to ask you where you are in any given moment and in any given situation, not so that he can keep tabs on you, but he's doing it for your and my benefit. Amen. Amen. Adam's story is he's hiding from the presence of God. Not going to go too far into it here, but he is not where he should be. He should be walking with God, right. but he is hiding from the presence and the voice of God. The important, one of the important points here is where are we this morning in relation to what God has put into our lives? Where are you? We could add, Adam, where are you in your family? What? Now, I'm going to say something that's a little kind of funny, at least it's funny to me, and please, ladies, don't get offended at me, okay? <laughs> but I'm wondering, it's not recorded, right? But a day after the fall, Adam says, God, I want my rib back. But you understand, is it that the question really involves where are you in relation to what God has put into your life? If you are a single individual, it's fairly simple. All you have to do is give an account for yourself. But if you have an E, then you have children, then the question really becomes, if you are a parent, or even if you are a sibling, the question becomes more expanded, where are you in relation to what God has blessed you with? Okay. Come on. Oh, come on. Come on. Right. That is... That's important. What has God put under your safekeeping? Listen, Genesis 2.15, God took Adam. He put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Okay? God didn't place Adam in an unfair environment. 
he placed him in, in an environment where he gave Adam dominion over every beast, including what should have been the voice of the adversary. Oh, come on. I need an amen. Oh, amen. In other words, God said, I give you dominion over every beast, over everything that crawls, over everything that flies. He says, I have given you, Adam, dominion, and you are the one that is to keep it safe and under control. Adam had power over the voice of the adversary. God did not put him in an environment that would cause him to fail. God put him into an environment that was blessed. And he said, Adam, you've got the power, God-given power, to overcome whatever it is that I put you in. We know. Go ahead, Adam. Tell your story. Okay. Listen to me. Where are you this morning? What is your story? Maybe you're a young person this morning. Maybe whoever you are, what is your story? Tell him your story. Let him know where you're at. Lord, I need direction. Tell him about it. My heart is broken. I got health issues. I have relationship issues. I've got job issues. My family is dysfunctional. Okay? So, the question, Adam, as you are in hiding, let me ask you another question. Where will you go and what will you do? If you don't answer to God, what are you gonna? What are you gonna do? Listen, listen. Oh, listen to me. God wants to know where you're at, and He wants you to tell Him openly and honestly where you're at, and He wants to correct that situation. He does not want you to go through life blind. He does not want you to go through life lame. He does not want you to go through life lost without direction in your life. But He wants you, He's got to ask you that question. Where we answer that first question is very important. That question is meant to remain forever relevant to all generations of men. I don't care what, what year you live in, how long you live, that question is always going to be relevant. You know why? Because the adversary is always going to be asking the question, did God really say that? Are you in a good place, Adam? Are you, let me, are you where you want to be? Oh, come on. Come on, amen. 
Are you where you want to be? All right. No. All right, come on. Are you where you want? I can honestly, I can say, yes, I am. But am I satisfied? No, I'm not. All right, come on. But absolutely beyond shadow of a doubt, I can answer that question. I say, yes, God, I am where I believe that you have placed me in. This is my warm ground that you've called me to dress it and to keep it. And you have told me that I have power over the adversary, that I have dominion, spiritual authority by your blood, by your name, by your word. Part of the answer to the question is going to be the following. How is your prayer life and how are you doing in your reading the book with all the answers to all your questions? All right, come on. Come on. Absolutely. Come on. Because if you're not hanging out and having quality time Amen. With, with your Emmanuel, and if you're not hanging out, if you're not spending quality time trying getting your 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 brain in the book that's got all the answers that you need, come on, come on, preach it, preach it, come on, hallelujah. Then that is going to absolutely be positively part of the answer to the question, where are you? All right. Adam, whose advice is compelling you to act the way that has brought you to this place? But oh, listen to me. When Adam and Eve walked out of the garden, all right, let me be very, very, very pointed here. When they, this is the God that asks you the question, and this is part of his answer, even though that they paid a penalty for what they, for their actions. But here, when Adam and Eve walked out of the garden, they were wearing clothes of redemption and they had a promise in their life. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Praise God. Thank oh, you. man, I'm telling you what, as long as I have those two things in life, Amen. as long as I have the, as long as I'm wearing that robe of righteousness of Christ that has been washed and stained and dyed in the precious blood of the perfect Lamb of God. As long as I have the promises, every promise, amen and amen. As long as I have those promises that are a part of my lifestyle, that I'm okay with whatever comes my way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And when we walk out of this service this morning, I believe that you can receive the answer to your question. There's a Jewish story that is told of how many years after 
Many years after Adam was expelled from Eden, he was resting with his wife and children after a long day's work. An angel paid him a visit. The angel spoke these words into Adam's life, trying to bring him encouragement. The angel said, you must labor, Adam, to eat bread in the sweat of your brow. But after your toil, you have that privilege of rejoicing in the fruit of your labor yeah. from the harvest. And Adam responded by, with this. He says, but angel, he says, I miss my walk with God. Oh, man. Hello. You understand that Adam knew. He knew that he knew the, the, the preciousness. He knew how valuable that was. It's not in whatever whatever fruit, whatever no matter how much gold comes, no matter how much oil comes from that field that you sweat and that you toil from, if your walk with God does not remain your greatest treasure in life, then you truly are missing what life is all about. Amen. Hallelujah. So look at question number two. Who are you, Lord? I don't think it's a mystery that from Acts, the ninth chapter, that we find this great man called Saul, and he is persecuting this yeah. new group of people that flies the banner of Jesus Christ and him crucified, resurrected, and ascended, and is coming back. That's their banner. That's their message. And he doesn't like that. You see, understand, please. Listen to me. Paul knows God. Paul knows God. He knows him as Jehovah Adonai, Most High God. He knows him as Jehovah Jireh, his great provider. He knows him as Jehovah Shalom, the great peace of God. He knows him there. So God calls out, he says, Saul, Saul, he says, where are you? Understand that Saul knows God in all of these different areas. But what, what Saul does not know is he does not know God, Jehovah Savior. He doesn't know Him as Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. That's right. Which simply means Jehovah's salvation. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. You understand? Jesus. When you you have got you the most important question that you will ever ask in your life is who are you, Lord? If there is a God out there, who are you? What is your name, please? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I am Jesus. And 
when that voice came back and said, I, said, Saul, he says, I am Jesus who you are fighting against. You need to know me, Saul, in the power of the born again message that I have delivered unto the apostles. See, we don't, we don't understand. Matthew's not been written yet. Matthew 121. Saul can't open the book and he can't read where it says that, that uh, and she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins verse 23 and they shall call his name Paul listen carefully you shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is the great Jehovah that has come to dwell with men Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who are you, Lord? The adversary says, Is he really the Son of God? Is he all this book? Did he really? Was he really born of a virgin? Was the blood that flowed through his veins uncontaminated by the seed of man? Did he fully recognize? Was he fully God? And was he fully humanity? Yes, he was. Did he have the authority not just to heal you, but does he have, did he, and does he still have the authority to save you and wash away your sins? Oh, yeah. Yes, Amen. he does. Lord. He has come to praise. He came in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Search the scriptures, yes. he said. Hallelujah. Because every time you search them, you're going to come up with the right answer. Yes. I am Jesus. around like you were God. Yes, I am the great I am. Hallelujah. In humanity and I have come to save your soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Who are you, Lord? Ask it all you want because see, that is an unchangeable where you are can change and it will change. When God asks you that question, it may be different tomorrow than what it is today because life changes. 
but on one undisputable question that is always going to be 100% accurate all of the time, whether you are sick, whether you are good, whether you are doing good or bad, the question will remain the same. And I say, Lord, Lord, who are you, Lord? His answer is always going to be, I am Jesus who loves you. What do you want me to do, Lord, now that I accept? I know your name. What do you want me to do? Paul, I'm going to send you to a man I've spoken to. He's going to pray for you. You read Acts 9, 17 and 18. What do you want me to do, Lord? Well, except the question is, Son, I want you to get up out of that drunken stupor that you have lain in for eight years. And I want you to follow this man. His name is Wayne, by the way. I want you to go with him, and he's going to pray with you. And when he prays with you, I'm going to open your eyes and you are going to perceive that I am who that man says that I am and I am going to fill you with the Holy Ghost and I'm going to wash away all of your sins and I'm going to put my spirit in you and transform your life. I'm going to send you because you are going to be sent to the Gentiles. The Jews know me as Jehovah, but I'm going to send you to the Gentiles because they are the ones that are hungry for me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's what I want you to do. I want you to receive and experience the born again message. I want you to experience the birthday of the church. I want you to be a part of it. I need you to go. I need you to go to the birthday of the church. I need you to go to the book of Acts. I need you to go to the preacher that I authorized to break this thing open. His name is Peter. I've given him the keys. Now that you believe that I am he, you need to be born again. And you need to experience Acts in all of its glory, in all of its power. You need to obey Acts 2.38. Hallelujah. Because he don't want you to stay in the place that you are. He wants to draw you out. And then he wants he wants to transform you. And when we walk out of here this morning, there is no reason, there is no reason for us not to be clothed with the robe of redemption right. and right. the promise right. that is unto you 
and to your children mm. and to all those that are far off yes. as Praise many God. as the Lord yes. our God is calling yes. where Hallelujah. are you Come on. Amen. he Thank calls you dad listen to me He's calling you. He's asking you the question, where are you? You know, one of the reasons why is because he has a, he's got your place sitting at the table and it's time for you to sit in the seat that, that you have been called to. I close as you stand. I will close with asking you, the last question, as far as I know, the last question, and this is to the church. This is to those. That, this is to the church. I close with, as far as I know, it's the last question that he asked. I think, I, I don't know, but if, if, if not, he's close to it. And the last thing that he asked before he ascended was that he said, do you love me? He said, do you love me more than peace? Come on. I believe that's the last question he ever asked. Yeah. You understand? Because even though it was Peter, even though it was the chosen, Twelve. The question is still relevant because God knew Jesus knew that before He ascended, that He was going to place this the, the most the apple of His eye, the most precious thing in the universe. He was going to place it into the hands of men, and they needed to understand that their love for Him had to exceed everything that they were associated with. So we asked Peter, let me just give you a, a thought here on one commentator, what he wrote three different times. Do you love me more than these? What are your these? What are they? To Peter, one of them was, do you love me more than these other disciples love me? In other words, Peter... Is your love deeper Jesus, Jesus. than the rest of these guys? Yeah. Do, do you love me more than your fishing equipment? Mm -hmm. Come on. Do you love me more than what you have been gifted with? To provide a living and right. that you enjoy, do you love right. me more than that? Right. And then number three, Peter, is your love stronger than your love for the rest of your friends, your disciples? Does your love for me exceed your love that you have for the? Sons of Thunder. The closing question was, the opening question was, where are you? 
the closing question is always going to be. It's always going to be Brother Craig Owens. I don't want to embarrass you. I probably shouldn't do that, but understand is it does your love, does your love, does your love exceed? Is your love for Jesus? Does it exceed more than your current lifestyle? Are you would you be okay with him taking away your silver and gold? Would you be okay with that? Would you still maintain your love for him to be the most precious thing in your life? Listen, Adam, that, that little story goes that, you know, when Adam was there and he was leaning on his plow at the end of the day and he was looking forward to the great harvest, to the, you know, the monthly, weekly check, and, and the angel said, well, hey, you're going to be able to, Adam says, but I miss says, but I miss my walk with God. I miss my walk with God. You can have it. Yes. You can build. You can build on your walk with God. Whatever relationship you have right now with God, you can build on this. This is not something that's stagnant. It is not. It is not the Dead Sea. Okay. It it, it flows. This thing flows. This thing moves. This thing. The the Spirit of God. It moves. It it is never stagnant. It moves. It moves. It moves. It moves. Brother Holly, it moves. It moves through you and outside of you, and it's meant to flow into others. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe with all my heart that that the reason that the, the reason why that this message is so strong with me this morning is because that I believe that Jesus is walking in the garden in the cool of the day and he is his eyes are on the apple of his eye and he's getting ready to call out the name of his bride it's the church he's getting ready to call her out of this place and so he's asking he's he's saying where are you he's saying where are you because you understand that he loves you so much that he wants to marry you and he wants you to live with him forever amen Where are you, bride? Where? I'm here. I'm here, Lord. Yes. I'm here, and and if you want me to, if you if you want me to go to a different place, if you want me to do, then just speak the word, Lord.
would you come this morning? Young people, whoever you are, guests, visitors, whatever, wherever you are today, wherever you are today. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to try to make you feel bad. I'm here to try to draw you into a closer, into a closer walk with God. Because I believe that the catching the way of the bride is yes. it's on the horizon. Amen. Very well could be sooner than what we think. And so we just wanna we wanna come we, listen. We just want to come completely out and we say, God, come out right out in the open. Say, Lord, here I am. I'm right here, Lord. All my imperfections, all my flaws, Lord, all my doubts, all my worries, here I am. Here I am, Lord. And all I want to be, I just want to be a child of yours. I want to be a son of God. I want to be a daughter of God. I want to be pleasing in your side. I want to be a, I want to be a good caretaker of the things that you, whatever plot of ground you place, man, that's where I want to be, and I want to take good care of it. I want to take good care of my family. I want to take good care of the church. I want to take good care of my business. I want to take good care 